Welcome to the FNO InsureTech Podcast, a place where movers and shakers from all points within the insurance ecosystem gather and discuss all things InsureTech. We talk about how technology and innovation are affecting and driving change in the industry. Here are your hosts, Lee Boyd and Rob Beller. Hey, podcast world. We are here today in Orlando, Florida, aren't we, Lee? We are. We're here in Orlando, Florida. And not only are we in Orlando, Florida, we're there together, which doesn't usually happen, right? No, like five or six times. Is it really? Is it that few times that we've we've been in this same place Maybe. to do a podcast? Yeah, I'm thinking out loud here. I think it's maybe five or six times. <laughs> Isn't technology amazing? I know. Everyone who listens thinks that we're in the same room. I know, because we kind of have that... Uh, kind of relationship right yeah yeah we're close like that uh, we're close like that well we are here today in orlando florida at the access conference if you've never heard of that it is an a conference put on by alacrity by our employer right focused on mrp and mrp uh, man's repair program yeah and man's repair contractors and uh and customers and there was noise in the background because we have a bunch of people in our room. We're having a little party. We're, we're having a party. We're, we're having, having a, a podcast party. We're having a podcast party. party. And as you might have guessed, Dr. Young is here. She is here. Um, She's ready for it. <laughs> uh, a woman never of a few words. And, she is ready. Uh, or hoots or hollers. And so we've invited a bunch of people up to our room today to talk about MRP. Yeah. Technology. Yeah. What is it? Because we know that there's a lot of our listeners who don't know what managed repair is necessarily. Yeah, we're going to talk about how far how far this whole network thing has come, how far technology has come, uh, ways to improve customer service, and how insurers are using it. Right, and and how carriers approach it and look at it. Um, we know that there are insure techs that are very involved in the managed repair space. Yeah. And there are many insure techs who have absolutely nothing to do with it whatsoever. It's certainly part of the claims equation. It is. It's part of the uh, claims, the homeowner property side. claims. Yeah. Property so it's claims. a niche that we're talking about today, but it's a niche that many of our listeners are a part of. Right. And much to our surprise, there's well over a thousand people here at this conference. Yes, it is a lot of people. So it's obviously something that's important to a lot of people in our industry. Yeah. So we thought, hey, what the heck? Let's talk about it. What the heck? And hey, Dr. Theresa Young's here. Yeah, we got to get her on the podcast. So Stephen Gregory's here. Stephen Gregory, both with us for the second time then. Mm -hmm. Stephen, who is with Tower Hill here in Florida. Yeah. And Dr. Theresa Young from CSAA are joining us for a contractor perspective. And then we have John Michael, who's the Chief Strategy and Innovation Officer at Alacrity, one of our co-workers, and a longtime MRP executive. Yeah. Who, who will be on to give us that perspective as providers. And then Scott Severe. Scott Severe with a super long title from CoreLogic Protect. From CoreLogic, formerly of Nextgear. Yeah. And who is, I just have to say, one of my favorite people in the industry. I thought I was one of your favorite people. He is one of my very favorite people in the yeah. industry. Yeah, see how quickly you can fall, folks? I am so happy that Scott's here. I'm happy see, everyone's see, here, uh, but yeah, this what, is Scott's okay, first whatever. time. Now Scott's that I'm first hurt. time. Now that I'm hurt, we're going to stop talking and yeah. we're going to get to our episode with Scott Severe, John mm-hmm. Michael, Stephen Gregory, Theresa Young to talk about MRP technology and where we're at today. And so without further ado, let's do it. Let's do it. 
Hey, everybody, we are here with our first guest today. It's always, always a special guest on our podcast. Yes. We had to come all the way to Florida. We did. We had to come all the way to Florida to get our hands on Dr. Theresa Young from CSAA. Welcome. Thank you. It's great to have you back. Nice to be in Florida. Yeah. It is nice here. Nice and warm and hot. Florida's nice. Humid. A little humid. A little humid. Yeah. That's okay. For us California people or us Westerners, it's uh, a little humid. But let's jump right in. So we're attending the Access Conference, which is Alacrity's conference for its MRP division. Yeah. And what brings you here, doctor? Well, my company has decided to create some redundancy in the managed repair program space. We currently have an incumbent that we're using, um, but we wanted to expand um, the offerings that that group has a limited capacity to provide to us. So we're piloting you guys. So you're one of the companies that we're piloting to see if you would be a longer term partner with us. So let's start at kind of the beginning of the equation with managed repair. Right. Why? Is managed repair a solution that you guys use and that are pursuing more deeply? What does it offer to a carrier like you, like CSAA? Mm-hmm. I think there's two aspects to managed repair. One is the emergency services or the mitigation, which is sort of the immediate response when our insureds have an immediate need for a loss. So to me, that's one piece that's a little bit different than the build back or the GC route. So On the build back on the GC route, my company, we have found that more of my insurance prefer to say cash out and have self-agency on determining who will do their repairs than I guess the rest of the industry does from looking Uh at the metrics. But that said, those who really want to have their repairs done by somebody who's been vetted by a company such as CSAA, we need to have a partner that we can rely on mm-hmm. to provide the service that represents the brand of my company, which mm-hmm. we sell the AAA branded insurance, um, as well as completing repairs in a timely manner and, and maintaining their warranty services, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. So I guess, what are you looking for? You're looking for somebody to come in and do customer service, but then at the same time to do what they say they're they're going to do, I guess. Now, now you said earlier you said earlier that the, that the build back is not as big of a portion to the CSA client. That is what, true. Why do you think that? I would only have to speculate. I can yeah. only just look at the analytics and tell you that when my customers decide to cash out on the build back, my NPS is better, my cycle time is better, and my expenses are lower. Really? So yeah, which tends to be counter to what we typically hear, right? Right. Um, sure. And so I don't know if it's just the unique niche to my population of insureds uh-huh. or if the others aren't actually looking at the analytics and seeing where it is. But for those people who do want an NRP or a managed repair program, if I don't provide that, it takes. It takes my retention. It takes a whole bunch of things. So for the subset of customers that want that service, mm-hmm. it's something we absolutely, it's absolutely critical that I provide that option to them. Mm-hmm. So just so there's lots of people in our audience who aren't necessarily with a carrier um, or even in the dealing with an insured directly. Why is it that the insured has the option? Can a carrier require that you use a build back mm-hmm. that you use a contractor to do your repairs? I don't believe that you can. I believe the DOIs have some steering regulations around 
me driving business to a specific place. That wouldn't be our method of doing service. Our, our, our service is to provide the service the insured wants how they want it, when they want it, right? Uh-huh. So I wouldn't be driving them to something anyway. But I know the Departments of Insurance have a lot of anti-steering regulations uh-huh. that would forbid me from requiring them to participate in a, in a managed repair program. I want to ask a little bit about the, the mitigation side. I mean, mitigation is newer, I would think, in the world of insurance 10, 20 years or so. Uh, how does CSAA use the mitigation portion? Is it on all claims that have water damage? Are you are you doing wind damage? Are you automatically sending a company out there? How, how does that work? So the answer is no, we don't always don't send it on every claim. Okay. Um, we have a list of criteria. Usually it's around coverage oh, okay. and what the type of losses are. So for example, flood water or surface water wouldn't be covered. Um, so typically if we suspect that it's a surface water claim, say the insured reports that water's coming in through my French doors mm-hmm. on underneath the French doors, we wouldn't offer mitigation right out. We would tell them that they need to mitigate. Right. And if they would like a few names, we'd give them a few names from the, the NRP's list, but they would need to enact that themselves. But we wouldn't send it. an assignment. Um, a lot of it just depends on what the claim is. Okay. So if, if, if it was something that, you know, we saw we had a leak, but we patched the roof and it's kind of dry now, um, I probably wouldn't send mitt on that. I would send somebody out. And then, then if they got there and it was still wet underneath, we would, we would so. order it. So you like the, the analytics side. Is there, whenever you, let's say it's a covered loss, a covered mm-hmm. water loss, whenever, whenever you uh, use a network, right, to send your own mitigation company out there versus the insured calling somebody, mm-hmm. is there any stats or analytics to show us which one has a better experience? Yeah, typically the, the NRP one okay. would have. Uh, what we have found, at least anecdotally, is that... Um, to put it politely, is there's when there's a lack of controls mm. around a mitigation company in the independent space, their variance in their estimatics and their drying plan tends to be more varied. Sure, and right, sure. That's a more negative customer experience. Sure. So is that to say that your organization has to have a lot of control of what's going on? So even though you're potentially outsourcing the entire repair, mm-hmm. You still have to have a lot of controls around that. I think a lot is sort of a subjective term. I would think probably the the contractors would say there's a lot. But we want a consistent product. We want a consistent service experience. And we would like to have pricing that's predictable. Uh-huh. So putting those controls in. And I would think that the contractors would like um, predictable payments. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Right. So I, I think it is a partnership. Yeah, that's something that I learned at this conference that I didn't know is that the Alacrity network has all these additional management involved. You have field managers, you have people behind a desk who are poking and prodding and moving and and making sure that this claim gets from point A to point B, audit. And I guess I didn't know there was so much involved in the MRP. I, I thought it was you call a contractor, they go out there and they send it back in. But there's not. There's, there's not. not. And there there are there are managed repair programs that have the model that you spoke of okay. with less controls. And you know, you reap the benefit of that. You don't see fulfillment of warranty issues. I see. You, you see an inconsistent product, you see an inconsistent service. Because there's a lot of managed repair companies eking on into the marketplace yes, now. Right. And 
I've talked to probably all of them, or at least most of them. And most of them offer, you know, a lot of more lead sources for Lowe's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, And nothing against the Lowe's handy, handy person trade, but I don't know how many controls are are there. You know, they're not writing an exactimatorsimbility, right? They're... Which leads me to a question I wanted to ask you about tech in this space, mm-hmm. in the managed repair space. It's there, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you're, I'm sure you're seeing it. And you're known in your organization and in the industry as somebody who's, um, I'm going to say tech forward. You might argue with that. But you are and you, you are comfortable with bringing technology into your workflows mm-hmm. where it makes sense, right? Where it affects things in a positive way. Right. So can you talk at all about the tech that you're seeing or that you've experienced on, on this side and how that's playing a role in something as kind of basic as, you know, getting repairs? We're really taking a look at what is the viability of virtual inspections and when is it a proper fit and when is it not a proper fit? I'm in the middle of doing um, a three-month study where we have taken a group of adjusters that were desk adjusters, isolated them, gave them field work, and said you can only use virtual tools to adjudicate. Yeah. So we're letting that those 400 and some claims age now so we can get some idea of were they successful, were they not successful, which were more successful, right. which were not. So we can work on routing work that might be um, routing work that the virtual inspections would be proper for right. to a desk position where virtual wouldn't be right to a different place. Um, but really taking a look at those virtual tools and see what types of claims make sense from actual doing claims and looking at the analytics, right? Right. Um, where you don't need proximity, where you don't need a human in there. You know, I think the challenge with the NRP, and it's not really a challenge, is you still need the human to go in and do the work. Right, yeah. right. The the, the drywall is yeah. not going to repair we're itself. Yeah, right. We're, we, we, there is some nanotechnology coming, and homes are made of organic compounds, so there is a lot of hope that there might be self healing walls in the future. But we're far away from that. But I think from, you know, I think the NRP where I, the managed repair programs would offer a lot of benefit is on the underwriting side, to be honest, and on the retention side. What do you think on the underwriting side? So a lot of the pricing mechanisms that we use depend on like how long has the roof been repaired? Were there, do we have the right coverage A? Do we have the right coverage B? Um, And we've gone in and we've done a repair. You know, you guys are the eyes and the ears of us. If we could somehow take that information and uh, feed it into our pricing and our underwriting mechanism, I think there there could be a lift. The challenge I've got now is certain... um, Certain pricing rely on age of construction, age of roof, age of these things. And since I don't follow the repairs to the end, I don't know if those repairs were done, Right. if that makes sense. We're using an NRP, then I would have clarity on whether those repairs are done. So I think that might be an avenue for the managed repair program to to show a benefit to an organization, particularly in single trades like roofing. I agree. Well, we are only going short today. It's okay. but you're always somebody who we like to have on for a full episode. Yes. So I'm sure we'll have you back soon. Yes. But thanks for joining us. It's always a pleasure to see you. Thank you. Thanks for being here. We have just welcomed Stephen Gregory from Tower Hill. Vice President of Claims at Tower Hill. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Did I get that title right? Vice President of Claims? Yes, sir. Okay. Good job. Welcome. Welcome to Florida. Oh, wait, you live in Florida. Yeah, sure is hot here in Florida. 
welcome to Florida from yeah. Texas yeah. and California. Yeah, it's yeah. not hot. Where it's also Texas. warm. Nah. Yeah. So jumping right in, we wanted to have you on today because one of the interesting things about Tower Hill is you guys use the heck out of managed repair at your company. What is it about managed repair that fits so well into your workflow and maybe into your circumstance with Florida? We, we like to offer the best solution for the customers that, that fit their needs. So you can't use it for every claim. Um, and some people just don't want to use it. But for the right customers we, that want to just have their home restored, that's what we, we like doing. It's, it's a great service to them. Uh, some people don't want to have the headache of looking for a contractor, um, not knowing who they can trust. Um, if, if, if their insurance carrier offers a solution and it's backed by a warranty, then you know they're probably going to take that. Um, so it provides a, a better experience for them. And just you know, contrary to popular belief, some some people just want to have their house restored. Right. I mean, I think I'm that way. I just yeah. want it fixed. Right. Somebody come in and fix. And is that is that what it's used for? That's how that's how you're doing it. Yep. That's what you know. If if uh, they need uh, water water extraction in that first call, we can set that up. If we need a, a general contractor down the road, we can do that as well. And they they're they're happy when we can do that. And it's very integrated into your workflow, right? I mean, you guys are it's right there, right up front. Yes, at uh-huh. the from the first notes of loss, uh, emergency services. It's not only water mitigation, but you know. Tarping of roofs, et cetera. Sure, sure. Do you think there's something about Florida that makes its usage more compatible, or it's just the commitment that the company has made, the I kind think of results it's that our you get from it? Commitment, um, even across marketing with agents. You know, it's a, it's branded as their Castle Care Network, so we you know we protect their castle. Um, oh, yeah. I like because I've heard Castle Care before. Is that yeah. where it came from? Yep. Uh-huh. So all of our, you know, if, if we don't offer it, you know, we will get feedback from the agents that say, you know, I, I talked to our customer, you know, you didn't offer this castle care. So we have to make sure that we, we brand it properly with at the at the first notice of loss. If, if we have somebody new that doesn't say castle care, they could offer a contractor or water extraction or a roof tarping. But if we don't say castle care, you know, they've learned to, to, to brand it that way. Okay. I like that. So what about the claims? You're a claims guy, right? Have you found a way to use either the mitigation or the repair side of a network to help settle claims quicker? Other than just taking care of customers and rebuilding their home, have you been able to take any of the measurements or photos to settle claims at the desk? Yes, we can. Um, if, if water mitigation goes out, we can utilize their diagrams. They've told us essentially what's been removed. Yeah. So we know what has to be put back. Also, if, if we write a, uh, if we send a field adjuster, write an estimate or desk adjust it, and someone disagrees with it because they have a contractor, then you know we can utilize utilize our partners to to go out and give us a, an estimate. Yeah. While they're there, they can you know sometimes the homeowner decide I want to use this contractor instead of the other person. Right. Just giving them more options and uh, helping us get aligned on the on the value. What happens whenever the the insurer decides that they do want to get the the water damage fixed? but they'd also like to move forward and get their bedroom repainted, right? Something that wasn't damaged. How does that work whenever you're using a network? Does the contractor just go to the insured and kind of do a separate bid or does Tower Hill help facilitate that? What what happens there? They're, I mean, our partners do a great job. So mm-hmm. um, sometimes the homeowners have been 
putting off, you know, that bedroom work. Right. And now they have a great contact and they say, Hey, you know what? I've been thinking about doing this. Can I get an estimate? And that's, that's completely separate from us. Um, but is a benefit to them because now they have a reliable contractor. There. That, and it is a benefit. I mean, I've been trying to get work done in my house and I've called eight contractors and I can't get anybody to come back out and do it. Everybody's busy. Jobs are bigger. But I would imagine using that network, finding somebody you trust, that's got to be a good way to go. Right. I mean, if somebody said, here's your network, use them. I would enjoy that. So last year you came, I think, to this conference for the first time. Yes. And I remember you saying that one of the things that really you had an epiphany, that this is an opportunity to communicate with these contractors, right? To to meet them and get to know them. Why would that matter? Because they enter our members, customers' houses as the representation of, of Tower Hill. And, you know, where you, it, maybe in an auto space, you, you get an appraiser that might go see your car in a, in a parking lot or you go to a repair facility, but we're entering the threshold of your house, valuables, family, et cetera. So it's important to get to know these people. They're taking care of our customers' most important assets. Uh-huh. And you're having a session tomorrow, aren't you? Correct. Uh-huh. And tell us about that. It's just a uh, meet and greet session where our, our high performing claim adjusters get to come and interact with our uh, top performing contractors and we get to put a name with a face, um, ask questions if either par- party has any, just a, a, a great networking event. And that way, if they ever run into any situations uh, where they ha- they might have a question on building material or uh, a special handling that someone might need, they have a, a name and a reference of who they can contact. So Dr. Young mentioned about seeing more entrance into the MRP space from different directions. Um, are you seeing that as well? Or is that your experience as well? I mean, are you seeing like technology uh, forward MRP providers coming? Well, t- tell us what you can about that. I mean, there's different trades and the, and it's they're using different technologies so that you're getting not, not just water mitigation, not just general contractors, but specializing in, you know, some level of context, contents restoration and other specialty type things. But um, there are a lot of vendors trying new tools, technologies. Um, I was just talking to one yesterday using camera system to capture the, oh, yeah. the imagery inside, uh, you know, at the, at the onset uh, during water mitigation. Um, in my current role in my prior company as well, I've leveraged the uh, contractor network to try different tools and technologies. Um, if we're slower to try them in-house with our claim staff, or contracting or whatever, you can always partner with a with a, a good partner from the MRP and they can try out stuff for you and give you feedback on what their techs think. What's the uptake on that? Do do you find that the contractors are willing to do things like Hosta Lab, Plan or Matterport? Are they are they willing to try those things? Yes, majority of them are. Really? Uh, do many of them already bring it to you and say, hey, we're already doing this? You want us to do it for you? There are some that, you know, really? they've mentioned the, thinking. the Matterport, we do this or, you know, whatever tool, you know, put a name on it. Though there, there have been people that come forward, but sometimes there's something completely new and you, you want to try it out. And, yeah, uh, you know, the contracting might take a couple months. They might just be able to jump in and, and give it a shot. I like that. Cool. Well, we always enjoy having you. Yeah, we do. Thank you. Round two. Round short two. session. Round two. Short Short session. You got to you got to get what you can on our podcast. <laughs> you never know when you're going to get another invite. Well, thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for coming. We'll see you out and around. 
All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Okay, we are here with our last uh, group for today, and today we have a twofer. We do, two people, one we time. John Maiko, who is the Chief Strategy and Innovation Officer at Alacrity. Hello. And, and, and historically an MRP guy. Correct. He came out of the MRP world. And Scott Sevier, who's showing me his name badge. Well, he has to. It's covered really long. Because, yeah, <laughs> no, everybody get comfortable because I'm going to read his title. It's SVP of Alliances and Industry Relations at CoreLogic Protect. So two questions. Wow, a lot to unpack there. What's yeah, yeah what what's that mean? So what's your job? Primarily over the Digital Hub Alliance, which is our you know, intake for integrations, looking at where they'll go within our company. And so dealing a lot with um, vendors and integrations, things like that. But when we talked about it, talked with Garrett, we wanted to keep it sufficiently broad to take care of my um long in the tooth experience in the industry. Uh, yeah. I know a lot of people still and going to events. Yeah. It just gives me a little bit of flexibility to talk to other people. That's yeah. good. You're a relationship guy. I'm a relationship guy. You have a lot of relationships. Love relationships. I think it's uh, a plus. There was a time in my career when that was hung around my neck like a millstone. <laughs> and, uh, and I embraced it. <laughs> good. Good. I said, oh, he's a relationship guy. Good relationship guy. Whatever. And how about you, John? What's, what, what, tell us about what you do at Alacrity. Certainly. Uh, as the strategy and innovation officer, my job really is to look for ways that Alacrity can utilize the new technologies in the space to help our, our overall business. And managed repair is, is one of the main pillars uh, of, of our business, um, really just being an end end to end claim solutions business. Mm -hmm. And because as you said, I came out of the managed repair space. Uh, that's where a lot of my uh, experience is. But a lot of the technologies that we look at may apply in managed repair, but it may also apply to other parts of our business, such as desk adjusting, review, right. those types of things. John's so articulate. Um, are you a lawyer? It's like he's a lawyer <laughs> by Holy trade. Cow. We keep that a secret. <laughs> <laughs> only, only when we need him. Yes. Right. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And then he always adds the, the proviso. I can only give you this. I can only say this to you, but you can't take it as advice. That's right. None, none of what we're going to say here today should be construed as legal advice. That's Let's right. Get that out there. There you go. This does not constitute a uh, professional relationship. Correct. Um, so, Scott, you guys have a whole suite of products that you offer into the marketplace. Yep. Um, tell us about what you guys are doing. In, why? Obviously, you're at an MRP conference for a reason. Yep. Tell us about what it is that you guys are doing in the world of MRP. And so briefly, as brief as I can. So you mentioned um, CoreLogic Protect. So yeah. three divisions, find, buy, and protect. Um, I, I will butcher these stats. You may have that's a, okay. a person back there checking them. But uh, find um, is basically the MLS. We own 85% of the MLS or we own the MLS in the U.S. I don't know exactly where the parameters are, but 85% of the MLS goes through, through CoreLogic Core Service. Logic. Through oh, Core wow. Logic. And then on the, there's a lot of mortgage tools where you know, 90% of people that do mortgages use our tools. And then wow. there's a lot of supporting tools around that, weather and, and analytics and things. And then we've got the InsureTech side, which is the Protect. Okay. And so I'm trying to bring all things insurance. And the reason MRP is so important is because for years they were building that and there was just a big gap on the contractor side. Oh. We, we need that. We need, we need the contractor to be in their plane and be in a, a strong piece of the puzzle as opposed right. to an expanded or extended piece of the puzzle. So 
bringing those worlds together, Nextgear had a lot of contractor-facing tools. And because Nextgear had done a few acquisitions over the past few years, I think we did like four and three and a half years, something like that, um, we were able to bring a lot of talent together. Uh, Garrett was really good at pulling talent in. And um, so now we feel like we've really got a strong base to leverage all of that data, especially as you get into AI and all the the vendors that are coming in that are new, a lot of those are doing AI and uh, you've got to teach those uh, machines with data. You've got to have data and nobody's got right. more data than we have when it comes to property. Yeah. We were talking earlier today uh, in the opening session, they were talking about kind of predictive analytics. You know, how do we get smarter when we're deploying a, uh, contractors to prepare? Is that something that CoreLogic does? Does CoreLogic help people? No, no windstorms are going to be happening or wow. where contractors Things need to go. Softball. This is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> funny you should mention that. Good. Um, we, we have uh, extensive data and weather teams. And when you see a lot of the uh, uh, weather channel data, you'll see core logging. I know it's a lot more now. You see core logging yeah. all over it. So we're really good there. We've got uh, products like Notify, um, Dispatch that are, uh, moving up the stream quicker and quicker in the process to try to find out what's going on. We've had Reactor for quite a while that will tell you what's been hit. We've got products. Now what that, is that one? Reactor? What is so that? Reactor tells you after storming through, here, here's where the areas were likely hit. Oh, okay. So if you have a pith count like carriers do, mm-hmm. you can circle the spots where you need to get people out right get quickly. Get people out right. Okay. Well, now they've got, we've got Notify, which is before that. And so you can actually, as a carrier or anybody that's got a large customer base, um, you have to put the, the customer information in there, but okay. it will actually look and say, okay, storms are 90% likely to hit your house. You should take cover. Wow. You know, send text message or however they've opted in. And uh, so now you can give your insureds or your clients information be- before like, hey, it's getting serious. You might want to check for damage when you're done, that type of thing. Wow. That's so, really cool. And so using, getting in with the contractors, I mean, that's really, whenever I think of protect, a lot of times is the mitigation side, right? Yep. Protecting the home from further damages. Yep. And so I, I guess you use your tools, your estimating platform. What's the name of the estimating platform now? Claims Connect is a, uh, it's the analytics, it's the uh, backbone, and then I to make assignments in and out, and it's the estimating system. So it's got all things okay. estimated in there. Um, oh, okay. So the, for the contractors, their system of record would be still be Dash. I see. So and they're they're, they're using Dash, sure. which came from Nextgear. Yep. And it's part of the suite of services, part yeah. of the technology. But it's plugged in. One of the one of the things we've been working really hard on since the acquisition is making everything that we have work together. Uh-huh. We we did some some informal surveys and some surveys asking our customers, hey, if we brought this feature or if we did this thing, what would be the most important? And overwhelmingly, it was I don't care about all the new tech. I want my tech to work great. Yeah. And so we're really heads down focused on making it work great. So John, you're on the user side of this. We're on the user side of this. Tell us a little bit about maybe where technology has come from, because you have that perspective of history up to through where we are at today. Yeah, it's great listening to Scott talk about all the great things that CoreLogic is is working on and has developed. Because when, when I started in this business and in the early 2000s, very few of those tools existed. And at Alacrity, we had to build some of our own because really what we were trying to do was 
match a contractor with a job, right? Okay. So that they the can right allow, contractor, the correct, right, the right contractor based upon you know location and their qualifications and the type of work that they did with you know an insured in an area, and it was a benefit to the contractor because we could get them hooked up with with good jobs. It's a benefit to the carrier. It's a benefit to the homeowner because they get a trusted contractor who we know does good work because mm-hmm. this isn't the only time we've ever seen them. Whereas mm-hmm. for the homeowner, that may be the one time they ever deal with that contractor because hopefully they don't regularly have losses at their house. Right. We built some internal systems that we could use to manage the work on our side. Mm-hmm. Now that you know CoreLogic has come along and we've got estimating platforms and there's review tools that they provide, we've been able to connect those systems through APIs so that we can exchange data in both directions with them to try to streamline the process a little bit for our contractors. So you asked about, you know, can a contractor make an assignment or yeah. get an assignment, right? And they have they have there is a dash tool that does that, and we connect with Claims Connect as well. So that we can send those, we can alert our contractors that there are jobs available. They're still doing the work in the CoreLogic universe, but then they're interacting with us through our tools that connect with the CoreLogic tools. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Awesome. So what about, let, let's talk a little bit about the managed repair. I guess in my head as an adjuster for many, many years, I didn't think that contractors were in stability as much as they were back in the day. But now I hear that's a that, that's being used a lot. Is that is that right, Scott? I mean, are, do we have contractors writing estimates? In the- yeah, in fact, there's a, there's a bit of a gap in the industry that we're you know we work entirely to, to try to figure out how we fill that gap, and we're working with partners as well. Yeah. Um, and so in the past, you'd have a contractor, let's say they're a you know mid range contractor doing say even five million they're gonna have like thirty people working for them right they're gonna have maybe three or four adjusters um, it costs money to have somebody be good at civility so they would typically outsource it or send it to their most versatile one yeah and then it gets kind of tough and you know even pricing you think about writing a book in a different language right if you're a great writer and you translate it word for word into another language you're not a great writer over there it's wherever that is it's that's a good thought. That other language, there's nuances to it. And there's nuances to using different estimating systems. And so now we're reaching enough of a critical mass with our customer base. We've had Chubb come on, Liberty Mutual, Erie that's been there for a long time. We've got some great existing customers great and clients, some new ones yeah. coming. And there's some others that are yet to be named that we know are coming. And uh, yeah, and that was not a tease. It was no. uh, a bit of a tease. It was. Well, it was a little. Okay. Yeah. So, I'm glad um, you did that. But, Thank but, you. But uh, now, because there's enough of a critical mass, Contractors are starting to say, okay, I've won a competition. We get that all the time. Somebody needs to compete. We need competition. Now they're like, oh, I don't want to run two systems here. And so yeah. it, it can be hard that way. But um, now there's enough of a critical mass. It's finding, how do we find enough bodies that can do it? And how do we train them fast enough? And how do you, I mean, there's a, there's a big demand for that. Um, there's a company that does credentialing that we're working with. And, and they are uh, all about how do we get more of our people up to speed yeah. on Claims Connect quickly. And so, Scott, your job is to get more people using CoreLogic products. And, and John, our job as the managed repair side is to make it as easy as possible on the contractors. And that's what they said in the keynote today. We want to make it as easy as possible to do business with you. 
What does Alacrity do to try to make it as easy as possible on the contractors when there are multiple systems and technologies? We are fortunate in that we have a long history with CoreLogic and working with them in their systems. So within Alacrity itself, we have a good knowledge base of the Claims Connect platform, for example, and the Mika platform. And we partner with them to help provide that training to our contractors. So we have tools, the contractors on our network, we have regional field managers that communicate on a local level with those contractors. And we're able to leverage that to get them the training they need. And when we identify deficiencies to work with CoreLogic to provide additional training to improve the performance of the contractors and make it easier for them to, to, write, to use the tools, basically. Yeah, it's because it's interesting to me, I mean, that t- typically contractors are using tradesmen, not people sitting in offices, not computer professionals or IT professionals, but tradesmen who are out in the field working in these jobs. How do you get them involved? That must be challenging. Yeah, it, it's really been an evolution in the industry. And it, it, even from early on, a contractor went into business as a contractor because they want to fix people's homes. That's right. what they want to do. Right. right. And they're builders. They're builders. They're builders. And as we've and we have asked them to take on some additional burdens, right? Office work, technology. And that's where the industry is going. That's just the way the world works now. Right. And we find that the contractors that are most successful are the ones who have embraced that and mm-hmm. said, I've got people that are really good at fixing homes. And now, because it's so important, I've got people that are experts in Claim Connect and they yeah. can write an estimate quickly and get that done. So rather than having the same person doing both jobs, they've got somebody who specializes in the technology side of it. And those are the contractors that are successful on our program and that have seen the most growth. So we hear, we're hearing a lot about AI. Yep. And... Um, uh, and all enjoy enjoying using different chat tools and uh, and whatnot. And so AI, I'm sure, is on the roadmap here uh, uh, relative to MRP, right? Can yep. you talk a little bit about how you guys are thinking about the, its application in in this world? So a couple of things. There's there's so much. It's almost like trying to understand AI itself. It's just drinking right. from a fire hose, literally. Right. Um, so it's definitely changing things, but um, we have a, an AI strategy. Most companies do with our strategy. We can't take five years to get there or 10 years to get there. It's got to happen quick. And that, that means partnering with people and being willing to share data. There's still security that you have to worry about. There's market conditions that you have to kind of think about. But for the most part, we're actively seeking partners and we're building our own. So we've got a kind of a hybrid strategy of how we attack AI and how it uh, specifically comes down to the MRP world is, um, as John was saying before, we've got to work together. And I don't know, in every company I've ever been in, and, and it's a lot, it's not a few. You're right. They, uh, they, it's always when we do annual surveys and this and that, it always comes down to communication. It's one of the core principles. And as computers get better and stronger at doing things that computers do better than humans, um, humans got to get really good at at doing the things that humans do better. Mm-hmm. So the soft skills, empathy, things like that. So training, there's lots of things, but most of it, I think right now is focused on 
how do we take the tech that we have that's available today, like room dimensioning, we've got product called floor plan. Yeah. Uh, there's several other, we're working with probably six different vendors that can go in and get your room dimensions. Right. Well, five years ago, that was, people were calling it uh, algorithms. It was really machine learning. Right. AI was used in there. The terms are a lot more clear now, but there's, you know, Apple did room kit last year. Yeah. And now everybody, including a high school student, can write something like that and use their, if their phone has LiDAR, they can figure out how to get dimensions into an app. Uh-huh. Um, you think about how the apps exploded since 2007, 2008. Yeah. They're everywhere. It's a massive change and we're leveraging those. So our job is to stay ahead of the curve, find out what's going to be relevant soon so that we can take that and not try to confuse everybody with all the possibilities that are you know, yeah, because that's hard. Kind of, I mean, you can throw it and everyone has these ideas, but you've got to narrow it down yep. and almost take like an Apple approach and say, these are the things that you really need it for, right? Apple's good at saying, this is what you need. You might not want it. You might want all these other, but this is what this is what it well, is. Well, and they're also good at um, saying, here's what you can have right now. And by the way, here's some, some stuff you can play with and get better. And so we're trying to take the approach of let's narrow it down for the market and, and give them in pieces what we can. We announced a lot of stuff in our... Yeah. Interconnect conference and that's going out right now. Like a contractor can type in an address and they can have access to all the MLS data that we have. Which is awesome. Side. Which was awesome. So they, you know, they can find out how the property is. There's lots, lots that you can, you can learn from that. But the, uh, the teams in the background are all working on what's the future. Right. You know, what do we need? It's the Wayne Gretzky, great Wayne Gretzky, Gretzky, sorry. Gretzky. Now they quote about the hockey puck, you know, yeah. to skate to where it's at. And, that's getting a lot harder because it's the puck's moving fast. Right. Yeah, it is. Right. But we're on it. It's our job to be on it. There's a lot of companies that are doing that. Um, MRP, uh, the, the contractors probably need to know, and uh, other people that work with the supply chain, Alacrity's all over it. Um, every company now, it's like they always said, every company's in, everyone's in sales, everyone's in marketing, mm-hmm. everyone's in AI. That's you got to right. find a way to make it you know, easy to use, palatable, and effective. John, in your role as somebody who has been in this a long time, what, what's exciting you about IA in the MRP space? Yeah, um, AI. So for AI, for us, the way we think about it is really there's three parts to it. What can we do at Alacrity? In, can we leverage AI in our existing systems? And you know, Scott mentioned, we used to call them algorithms, right? We do have algorithms that do some things for us. Is there a way to make that more AI, right? Uh, generative AI to um, improve our internal systems, and that's a, that's pretty a small part, really. Mm-hmm. Next is what are the carriers doing with AI that we need to fit into? So as they adopt more artificial intelligence in their systems, how do we stay relevant in that world? Mm-hmm. And then the last and important part is as CoreLogic and technology companies like that start to incorporate more AI into their systems, how do we leverage that to improve the services that we provide? So to be continued, basically. That's it. To I mean, be uh, continued. Uh, that's right. We are a technology-enabled company. We're not a technology company, right? Uh-huh. So as these new technologies come on, come on board, really, how do we take advantage of them? How do we leverage them? I like I like this conversation because as a as a TPA guy, as a third party administrative guy, I think end to end, and I think for homeowners, how do we get this end to end of a claim handled quicker and and better? And you have MRP, right? You have the mitigation, you have the managed repair, 
Uh, you have the technology. How do you get the technology all the way through to the seamless end-to-end process? I think it's going places. I think AI and and partnerships and uh, you know contractors and adjusters. It's all going to help make it better for the insured and for the carriers ultimately to have a better customer service experience. So I think I think conversations like this are great, and uh, I think that the future is pretty bright. Yeah. Well, we thank both you guys for coming. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for leaving, coming up, coming up here and uh, spending a few minutes with us. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks okay. for having us. Yeah, awesome. thank you. So we hope that our little bit of a uh, of a intro, refresher, or uh, status on MRP was useful to you. I think it was. I think it was some great conversation. I learned some things today. I just need to get the different perspectives from from users. Uh, network and then technology. Did you learn that I don't know how to turn off the? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I'm sure all of our guests are like, "Why does Rob have so many dings and dangs going on, and and phone ringing?" And it's not that I'm staring at the computer right now. Just close your email. Just close your email, and it'll stop dinging. Right? Uh, Stephen Gregory, as a longtime listener, has probably heard 400 emails pop up. Stephen, are you bothered by the dings and dangs that you hear? Yes. Yes. Every, everyone. I don't believe it. Everyone, I don't believe it. I'm not buying that at all. Everyone not, not is true. thinking. Not true. Everyone is thinking. Just well, see, the, there it is again. There gonna, it is. We're going to end this right now. We want to thank everybody for being with us as always for our producers who are out in Texas handling this remote recording. And until next time. Goodbye, everybody. Ding.